0: Okay, a Fresh Mesekla, Beis. Hope everybody listened to the introduction. The basic idea in the introduction is that we have a mitzvah of Yibam. When a man dies childless, his wife is supposed to marry his brother. If there are two women, he leaves uh, two widows, then one of the two is expected to do the mitzvah of Yibam, and the other one is exempt. Uh, normally, you're not allowed to marry your brother's wife. is one of the arises in the Torah, but the Torah still permits it for the purpose of Yibam. So the concept. That our mission is going to begin with is that Hamish Israel Nashim, there are fifteen types of scenarios, fifteen women, Potros Sorosan, who can exempt their co-wives from doing yibam. And what that means is there's a case, there are fifteen scenarios where there are two women, two widows, and since one of them is a woman who cannot do yibum. She's a woman who is an erva to Yibam, besides for the fact that she's a brother's wife, she's also related to the brother-in-law in in some other way, in a way that precludes them from doing Yibam, in a way they can't engage in a relationship. The simplest case always to remember is two brothers marrying two sisters. That's the simplest case, because what happens when two brothers marry two sisters is that when one brother dies, now I have a widow who is a brother's wife, that's true, but she's also a wife's sister. It's Achos Isha. That's an erva in the Torah. So since it's also Achos Isha, we're going to see a draw from the Gemara. She cannot do Yibam. She's not obligated to do Yibam. She doesn't have to do Chalisa. She is simply exempt. And the concept that our Mishra is introducing is that that type of 15 women, one example that I gave is a good one to think about, they also exempt the co-wife. So if if a man, this deceased, left two widows, one of them, and now these two widows are... Placed to yibum in front of the brother-in-law. One of them is his wife's sister. One of them, she he cannot do yibum to her. The other one, he's unrelated to. It's just randomly his brother's wife. In that case, you would expect that he should do yibum to the other girl that he's not related to. And the Mishnah is telling you that that's not true, that there are 15 women who exempt their co-wives. The achus isha, the fact that there's one widow here who is the wife of the sister, and since she cannot do yibam, she exempts the co-wife as well from the need to do yibam. That's a big chiddish, and obviously, it's going to be expounded upon in the Gemara based upon a pasach, this is not intuitive. There's two women, one of them can't, one of them should. So you would say the one, of them that, the, the one that could, so she should do yibam, she has the mitzvah of yibam. The Mishnah is telling you, you no, know, there are 15 women who exempt their co-wives from doing ibam. If it's then there's a concept of a co-wife of a co-wife. That is a little bit beyond us right now. We're going to let the Mishnah itself speak that out, and the Mishnah is going to illustrate that when we get there. So they're going to potter their co-wives and the co-wife of their co-wife, menachalitza and ibam, both from doing chalitza and ibam, adzo fa'olam, however long that lasts. The these are the 15 women. Bito, if it is the Yavam's daughter. So if the Yavam's daughter is falling to him, we always use the word falling, it's called in a fila, like falling to Yibam, like it's placed in front of him to do Yibam. So it's his sister-in-law, it's his brother's wife, but it's also his daughter. In that case, how can that ever happen? How can a sister-in-law also be one's daughter? So the case is that the deceased married his brother's daughter, so his brother's daughter. So since he married his brother's daughter, now when he's dying without children, so this widow, is not, is falling to her father. She's falling to, on the one hand, it's the deceased's brother, but it's also her father. And in that case, Yibum cannot be done. Because again, whenever there is an erva, besides for the fact that it's a brother's wife, there's another erva at play, then yibum cannot be done. So here it is Bito, it's the sister-in-law who's also a daughter, so that cannot be done. Or Bas Bito, his da- the daughter's daughter. So keep the same thing, just skip a generation. Instead of, Uh, the deceased marrying the daughter of his brother, he's marrying the daughter's daughter of his brother. He's marrying the granddaughter of his brother. But again, the shalacha is the same because one is not allowed to marry either their daughter or their granddaughter or bas bino. Is son's daughter. So again, just a different type of granddaughter in case number three. The same exact point, the deceased married the granddaughter of his, of his brother, just in a different form. It was the son's daughter as opposed to the daughter's daughter. But again, the problem is the same, that now it's a brother's wife who is also a granddaughter, and therefore that precludes the possibility of doing yiba. Examples for... Um, four, five, and six are basically the same with one twist and maybe we'll just introduce it. There's two types of daughters that one can't marry. One cannot marry the daughter that is his own biological daughter, um, meaning a man marries a woman and he has a girl with her, he cannot marry her. But there's also a type of daughter where it's a stepdaughter. A person is not allowed to marry the daughter of their wife irrespective of whether or not it is their own child. So if, now that's example number four, Bas Isho, the Yavam's wife's daughter. So in this case, it's not his own daughter, A man. But uh, the Yavim married a woman and she brought in a daughter to the marriage. So now the Yavam is not allowed to marry that daughter. But that daughter is allowed to marry his brother. So the deceased married that girl. Now she is no fil to Yivim. She is placed in front of Yivim to the Yavam, But he cannot marry her because it's his wife's daughter or Bas Bina or either his wife's son's daughter or his wife's daughter's daughter. So four, five, and six are exactly the same as one, two, and three with the one twist being, instead of it being a biological daughter, it's his wife's daughter. But again, it doesn't really matter because the halacha is you cannot marry your wife's daughter the same way you cannot marry your biological daughter. Chamoso. Now we move on to a new one. It's the Yavim's mother-in-law. So this is a riddle, right? How do you have a mother-in-law who's falling to Yavam? How do you have a mother-in-law and sister-in-law together? So Rashi tells us that the case is that the um, that 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 a man the, the Yavim here marries a woman, and she has a mother. That's his mother in law. His mother in law goes and marries his brother. There's nothing wrong with that. So here the Yava marries a woman, and now his mother in law goes and marries his brother. Now, when his brother dies, the deceased passed away. It's his brother's wife who is also his mother in law. So that Yibum cannot be done because well, it's an Erevah. One cannot marry their mother in law. Or Im Chamoso, his mother in law's mother. The same exact thing, just skip a generation. Uh, the the Yava marries a woman, and her grandmother, his mother-in-law's mother, went and married his brother. Or, his, mother, his father-in-law's mother, the same thing, just through the paternal side, through his, through his father-in-law. The other married a woman. His father-in-law's mother then went and married his brother. So, the halacha is that when the deceased passes away, now it's a sister-in-law who's also his father-in-law's mother. The yibam cannot be done. That is an error Okay, now we're up to number 10. Achoso mi'imo, it's the Yavam's maternal sister. So here it's a case where a woman is a sister-in-law, it's his brother's wife, but it's also, the problem is, it's also his sister. Now we have to understand just a little bit of a tricky point. It's his sister only through the mother side, meaning the Yavam and this girl share a common mother, but they don't share a common father. So the, the, the deceased and the Yavam shared a common father, And the Yavim here shared a common mother with this woman. So you kind of have, it seems wrong, but it's not wrong at all. But what occurred was, is that the deceased married the maternal sister of the Yavim. That's fine. He's not related to her at all. They don't share a common mother. They don't share a common father. But the issue is, is that when the deceased passes away, and now this woman is no to her Yavim. It's her, it's his maternal sister. So that can't be done because again, the Isra of marrying a sister is true. Any form of half-sisters, whether they share a common mother or a common father, Ibam cannot be done. It's an erva. So in this case, where the where the yavam's maternal sister married his paternal brother, then the, the paternal brother died, and the maternal sister is falling to him to Ybam, cannot halacha Is Ibn cannot be done. Or his mother's sister. Again, imagine that the deceased and the yavam only share a common father. And then, just to keep that simple, and now what happened was, is that the Yavam's mother's sister, his aunt, married his paternal half-brother. So, and that's a totally legal marriage, but the issue is, when the deceased dies, it's no fully yibim. Yes, it's his brother's wife, but it's also his mother's sister, so he cannot do Yavim. Case number 12, Achos Ishto, his wife's sister. I always think this is the simplest case. Two brothers marry two sisters. Two brothers marry two sisters. One passes away. Now, it's, yes, it's his brother's wife, but it's also his wife's sister. Another case, ashes Achiv Me'imo. This one is fascinating. Case number 13, it's his maternal brother's wife. So what does that mean? You have the deceased who's, who is who's a half-brother to the Yavim only on the father's side. Okay, their half-brothers are only sharing a common a common father. What happened is, is that the Yavam has a maternal brother, a half-brother that they only share a common mother with, and he married a woman. So that's ashes Ach to the Yavam. It's ashes Ach because they share a common mother, and if it's a half-brother's wife, that's forbidden, whether it's a half-brother from the father or a half-brother from the mother. So, imagine you want, you want to have some names here, and we'll speak out what happened next. Is you have a Ruvain, a Shimon, and a Levi. We'll call Ruvain the deceased. Him and Shimon, Shimon we'll call the Yavim, are half brothers from the father. But there's somebody, Levi, who's related to Shimon, but not to Ruvain. How so? Because Levi and Shimon share a common mother. So, Ruvain and Levi are not related at all. The deceased. And Levi are not related; they don't share a common mother or common father. Reuven and Shimon are related; they're half brothers from the father. Shimon and Levi are related because they're half brothers from the mother. Now, what happened was, is that Levi took a woman, and now that woman that he married is Asara and Shimon; it's his maternal brother's wife. Now, after his brother, after Levi died, this girl, permissibly, nothing wrong with this; she's not related, went ahead and married Reuven. Now Reuven dies. What's happening is that to Shimon. It's his maternal brother's ex-wife that's falling for him to Iba. And we have to remember, a very important halacha is that even after marriage terminates, the arayas are still luster. So a person's not allowed to marry a maternal brother's wife, even if that brother passed away. So in our case, let's just go over it one more time. You've got a Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. Reuven and Shimon are related only because they share a common, fa- uh, common father. You've got Shimon and Levi who are related only because they share a common mother. Levi took a woman. When Levi took a woman, that woman now is forever luster onto Shimon because it's, it's his maternal brother's wife. Now, after Levi passes away, that woman goes and marries Shima, uh, Marries Ruven. That's permissibly. She's not related to Ruven at all. They don't share a common mother. They don't share a common father, Levi and Ruven. What happens now when Ruvain dies and she's no to Shimon, so what's going to happen is that she's going to be totally potter because she's an erva. Now here, things get very interesting. What's the erva in this problem? What's the erva in this case? The erva is a brother's wife. Remember, a brother's wife is also whether it's from the mother or the father. But what's fascinating is that it's anyways a brother's wife. It's a brother's wife because every yibam is a case of a brother's wife. And the Torah still allows yibam to be done. In the case of a brother's wife, that just is the case of ibam. So here, there's another reason why it's a brother's wife. It's a brother's wife also because it was his maternal brother's wife. But it's still just a brother's wife. And the Mishnah is saying it doesn't matter if there's a different reason why it's the mater- why it's a brother's wife. It's a maternal brother's wife that existed before it was the, the it, it was before the Ibo scenario. So then that's going to stop Ebom as well. This point is so tricky. Why? Because there's no new erva here. It's not a second a, a, a problem. It's it's it's, it's, it's What's the difference if it's ashes ach emo? In addition to being ashes mi'av, it's still all ish And we're is saying no. The fact that it's as mi'imo emo will disrupt the possibility of Ibam taking place. Number fourteen, Aishas Akhib haya Hayabah. Isha'achib shalh ba ulama. So we're talking about a brother's wife that he was not in the same world with. So it's very important that the mitzvah of Yibam only applies to two brothers who were in the same world together. The Gemara will focus on this later on Daf Zion. So we're talking about the following case. Here you need three brothers to figure this out. Ruvain died childless, he had a widow, and he had a brother named Shimon. So great, Shimon is doing Yibam, all of that is great. But the issue here is, is that there's another brother named Levi who was born after Ruvain died, so the widow was not able to do Levi to uh, do Yibum to Levi because Levi and Reuven were never in the world together. She was only able to do Yibum to Shimon. Okay, that makes sense. That's a law of Asia. That's not a big deal. But what happens if Shimon now dies and the widow with, is, is placed to do Ibum in front of Levi? But the issue is, very nice, he can take over Shimon's relationship because Levi was in the world together with Shimon. But this is also an ex-wife of Ruven. And Reuven, Levi was not in the same world with, so therefore Levi cannot perform Yibum here. It's the same way he can't do Yibam directly to Levi. He can't do Yibam even though now it's falling from Shimon, but because this woman has history. she's history of also being Reuven's ex-wife. And Reuven's ex-wife is someone that Levi cannot marry. So therefore this would not be able to do Yibam to Levi. So again, you really have to know a bunch of facts to put this case together. You have to know that Yibam only applies between brothers who are together in the same world. So therefore, when, when, when Ruvein died and then Levi was born, Levi was never able to do Yibam to Ruvein's widow. If she did Yibam to Shimon, who was in the world with Ruvein, that's great. But when Shimon now dies and she falls to Yibam in front of Levi, that's not going to work because of her history of being in Lama because of Ruvein. Last case, number 15, and a daughter-in-law. So this is an interesting case where one's daughter-in-law, after the son dies, Um, The Yavim had a a son, married a girl, so now this girl is his daughter-in-law, he can't be with her, it's a forbidden relationship. After the son dies, this daughter-in-law goes and marries um, her dead husband's uncle, uh, and she married the brother of the Yavim. So now when the when this brother dies and this girl is being nofali yibum, this is a daughter in law. And again, again, the same concept a daughter in law is also forever. Even after the son dies and the relationship is terminated, the arise in the Torah are also forever. So in all these cases, these 15 women, not only are they themselves not going to do yibum because they're an aravah besides for being the regular brother's wife, there's an additional issue. Not only are they not going to do yibum, but they're going to exempt from yibum any co wife as well. If there's another co wife, Another widow who doesn't have this issue, she's also not going to do Yibam forever. And again, the Mishnah is going to illustrate this, but let's just be patient. Mishnah qu- uh, quickly cl- um, qualifies. In all these cases, let's say the 15 women were once married to the Yavim's brother. It's true, but they may sue. They, 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 if these are died before the deceased died. O-mienu, or they did Miyan. Miyan is a case where a girl is married when she's a Katana. So it's a Kedushim with Rabbanan. She has the ability simply to refuse the marriage and leave even without a get. As long as she's still a Katana, she can just refuse the marriage. O-niskar-shu, or she was divorced before the deceased died. Or they thought they were married, but really she was an islandist. So it comes out that it was a Mekah She wasn't even, wasn't able to have children. So he thought he married a woman. But the reality was he was never married to her because she was an island. So in all these four cases, the point is that these women, the marriage was terminated before the husband died. So again, before the deceased dies and, and this whole scenario of yibam happened, the erva is no longer married to the deceased. So in all these cases, Sarasaya and Mutaras, their co-wives are permitted to do yibam. So in other words, the halacha, that if an erva is not going to do yibam, then a co-wife who's not an erva as well doesn't do yibam is only when the erva was still married to the deceased at the time of his death. But if the erva was already out of the picture, her marriage was terminated before the time that the deceased passed away, then the co-wife was able to do yiboam so let's always just think this through in the simplest case. We we'll always remember the simplest case: is two brothers marrying two sisters, where it's achosisha. So if at the time of death they're both, there's still there's still a marriage. So not only is the achosisha not going to do yibam, but if there would be another co-wife who's a random girl, she's also not going to do yibam. But let's say two brothers married two sisters, and before any brother died, the um, before any, any brother died, the deceased had already divorced. The Achosisha. So in that case, at the time of his death, he's really only married to one woman, the other woman. In that case, that other woman would do Yibim. The whole halacha, then an erva, takes away the need from Yibam. From Mitzahra, only if they are together at the time of the death, at the time of the, of the, of the nefilah. You can't speak, speak about the case of the mother-in-law, mother-in-law's father, or the father-in-law's mother. You can't say that they were found to be islanders or that they didn't mean. Why can't you say that? That's impossible. Because they, those cases require someone not being able to have children or that they're still katanim. Obviously, if somebody already has children, they're not an islandist, that, can, that case can never come up. That scenario can never come up. And also the case of doing mean cannot come up, presumably because only a katana can do mean. And nobody can be a mother-in-law if they... Um, are still a katana so we, those are impossible cases to discuss all right now the mission is going to illustrate this this, this very important rule and this is what we've been waiting for kate chad pocho soro saying, describe how do the 15 arise exempt their koizum khalita nyibum how does this work so we say <laughs> a man's daughter, one of the other rights were married to his brother. So the Yavim's daughter, she married her uncle, that's allowed, a man is allowed to marry his niece. So you have Reuven and Shimon, and Reuven married Shimon's daughter and then Reuven dies. So what's happening is that Shimon's daughter is falling to him, to Ebom, so she can't do Ebom, But we say if there's another wife as well, in the picture, in other words, Reuven had two wives. Not only did he marry Shimon's daughter, his niece, but there was also another wife, of a mace. and now when Ruben dies childless, so it's the Yavim's daughter and a co-wife who are falling to Yibam, Keshem Shibita petura. the same way the Yavim's daughter is exempt, Kach so to her co-wife, is exempt. That's an illustration of the principle of an erva taking away the din of Yibam, not only from herself, but from her co-wife as well. Now, we're going to illustrate the case of Tsarasara, the co-wife of a co-wife. What does this mean? So in this case, again, what is this case? What do we establish? You have Reuven and Shimon. Ruben married Shimon's daughter and Reuven died. So now, uh, so now Shimon's daughter is falling to him to Yibam. She doesn't do Yibam. And if there's any other wives that Reuven had, they as well don't do Yibam. But what happened was, What happened? If there's a Levi, a Levi, and to Levi, th- these girls are, are totally permitted, right? These are, one of them is niece and one of them is a random girl, but to Levi, it's fine. It's not his daughter. So the co-wife went, she couldn't do Yibam to Shimon because to Shimon it was Saras Pito. But the Saras Pito went and she married the second brother. She marries somebody named Levi. There were three brothers. It's Reuven and Shimon and Levi. Reuven married Shimon's daughter and another woman, then he dies childless. So now in this case, there's the, the, the of them the, the these two widows are not going free because of Levi. They're at their mother too. So therefore Levi is gonna do is going to do Yibum to either either uh, Shimon's daughter or the co-wife and it happened to be that he did yibum with the co-wife. It happened to be. And uh, Velo Yishacharis happens to be that also Levi has another wife, Vameis, and now Levi dies childless. So what's happening? Now, there are two women who are being no fully yibam to Shimon. Who are the two women who are being known Yibam to Shimon? You have the random wife of Levi, but you also have the Tsaras Bito, the girl who used to be the ex-wife of Ruvain, who was exempted from doing Yibam to Shimon after Ruvain died because she was the tsara of, of, of Shimon's daughter. Now she's falling a second time to Shimon and from because now, now Levi has died. She forever is not going to do Yibam. Kishim Saras but to her just as this Tsaras Bito is exempt from doing Yibam Makal. And the reason why she's exempt is because since the first time when she, the first time that she fell, she wasn't allowed to do Yibam because she was the Tsar of the Bito. Tsar of the Bito became exempt. So in that time, so her ishes ach, her, her, so to speak, her, her, the nature of her being the Reuven's wife is also to Shimon. So even though now she married Levi permissibly and she's falling again from the angle of coming from Levi, but she's got the history. She's got the history of being Reuven's ex-wife, which is not permitted to Shimon because from that death, it was Saras Bito. So she's forever Pater. So what ends up happening now is that the other random wife of Levi will also be Pater. So this is quite a complicated case of Saras. Let's speak it out one more time so we make sure it's crystal clear what Sara Sara is. We have three brothers, Ruvain, Shimon and Levi. Ruvain is the deceased, Shimon is the Yavam. And Levi is another brother. What happened first, always make the Ereva first. What happened was, is that Reuven married Shimon's daughter. Reuven marries his niece. Reuven has another wife as well. What happened was, is that Reuven now dies childless. So that's simple. The is not going to do yibum; It's a daughter. But as well, the Tsar is not going to do Yibam. However, they didn't go away scot-free because there was Levi that they could do Yibam to. The Tsar Aspito went and married Levi. And Levi had another wife. Now the Levi dies. The Tsar Aspito still can't do Yibam to Shimon because she's the ex-wife of Reuven when she was a Tsar and as well, she's going to exempt the, her co that she has with Levi, that Sarah, Sarah, will also not to even not feel it. Maybe, even if there could be a hundred brothers. It keeps on going and going and going. We just did it with three. We can do, continue and say we can do it with four. What if there was a Yehuda? She went into Yehuda and then Yehuda died. It won't make a difference. However many we're getting to, you can make this number go on and on forever. You're never going to get rid of the issue. Tzara tzara the the tzara of an eravah can never do yibum, no matter who she falls from, and she'll continue exempting any other um, co wife that she has in that. Now let's speak out and illustrate what we said before. Kate's and Tzara What do we mean before that? If the fifteen arrives, die before the deceased, then the tsara should do yibum. So the example would be I said klara is Let's say again, Ruving married Shimon's daughter, and he has another wife, but before Ruving died. The daughter, the erva, died or she was divorced. Or remember, I found to be an islandist or whatever. And then Ruve died. In that case, the is mutter. Because at the time of the Nefilah Libam, at the time of the death of Ruven, at that moment, there's no longer a co-wife of an erva. The erva's out of the picture. So since the erva's out of the picture, she's no longer the wife of Ruvay. So therefore, she's not going to exempt the other woman from doing Erevah. The mission closes with one more point. <laughs> Any of the fifteen arais who could have done meon, miy- meaning they they were Katan. their kedushin is only Midrabanan, but they didn't do so, meaning they're taka married, but they're only married Midrabanan. So it's interesting. On the arais level, they're not married, but on the midrabanon level, they are married. Right? Remember on a ketana, on a arais level, only the father can marry her off. The whole din of Mion is only Midrabanan that the that the brother or the Mother can marry off, that's all Kadushim with So she didn't do me, and she could have, she's a katana, she didn't. So now she has another co wife. So what's Allah? The co wife does but she didn't do Yiva. Why? So let's just speak out the case, so, you know, just for a second, how to, how to make sense of it. If there's an erva, that's an erva only in a Durabhanan level, that's fallen. So on the one hand, the, the, she shouldn't do Yibam because Midra and she's an erva, and this co-wife as well shouldn't do yibum because midrabban and she's a tzara's erva. However, they're not they're not exempt from chalitza. Normally, an erva is exempt from chalitza, but here Klins Klape the Isa, Klape by, by Torah perspective, she's not an erva. She's not married by Torah law. So therefore, so so Klape the Torah, there, there really could be Yibam. So that's why we have to do chalitza. So it's an interesting split. You do chalitza and not Yibam because of that split between the Isa and the rabbanan world. Alright, so the Gemara is a very interesting question right away. Mihti Witzi, and all the is. how do we know all of them? We had fifteen. They're all derived from Achosisha. We're gonna to see tomorrow the Drasha and the Gemara that we learned by Yibam. Erevah doesn't do even. it all is derived from HaKhosh There's a Pasuk where the two, marys, two brothers marrying the two sisters, that, that simplest case that we speak about, uh, where it's a wife's sister, she doesn't do even. So all of them are learned from there. So listen to HaKhosh barisha. You would think that the Tana should start with the wife's sister first because that's the prototype. That's the example in the Torah. Everything else is just derived from there. The Chitema, maybe the Tanah told us the, the order of Arai is in the most severe, meaning he started with the ones that are most severe in punishment and then he went down. The reason why we started with the daughter is because we're going like Reb Shimon. The rule is that burning is the most severe type of punishment. There's a machlok, What's worse? Stoning. Is it stoning that's worse? Or is it srefa? Is it burning? So maybe we're going like Reb Shimon. So we start with the daughter because, and then eventually we get to a father in law's mother because we start with, um, we start with srefa because srefa is more khamar. So maybe that's why we did that. But if so, maybe we should have said the mother-in-law first khamosa the truth is that by a daughter the Torah doesn't explicitly say that there's Sreifa the only way we know there's Sreifa by the daughter is because we learn as from the mother-in-laws we'll learn about tomorrow so it, it, it doesn't make sense to start with the daughter and then go to the mother-in-law and then go to the mother-in-law if the mother-in-law is really the source that there is Sreifa in general you would think to start with the mother-in-law and then go to the daughter And so after the mother let's say law at least then go to the daughter-in-law, because daughter-in-law, the, the halacha is the daughter-in-law is b'skila. So you should start with Okay, and then go to the next number one you should go to the next most severe type of punishment, which is which is stoning So at least Kalaso should be after that But where is Colossus? It's at the very end and in between them? We had many people that don't even have a death sentence not all that rights are equal for example I don't know. just for example uh, or HSA for that matter. There's only karis. There's not even a death sentence at all Not everything is created equal here So we're trying to figure out the order you would think that we would start with Achosisha because Achosisha is the prototype Maybe you're gonna tell me but no we're seeing the most severe arise first. So say, and, and why are you speaking about those that are burned before those that are stoned? Oh, you'll tell me we're going like Reb Shimon that, that, that burning is more chamar than, than stoning. That's good. But then first of all, chamoso should have been first because that's the way we really know the, to begin with that Bito has sarefa. And uh, second of all, Kaloso shouldn't definitely shouldn't have been at the end of the Mishnah. So what the Gemara is perplexed by and we'll have to pick up tomorrow is what in the world is the pshat in the order of the 15 arayas here in the Mishnah.